Christ is risen. Christos vos crece. Christos in este. It was noisy at the start. But then, when the very word of God said, it is finished, the earth convolted and shook. The sun was hid, the moon did not shed its light, and it was quiet. The people went home quiet. Perhaps they were already starting to feel guilty and thinking to themselves, my gosh, what did we just do? We allowed ourselves to be caught up with the mob, and we put an innocent man to death. But it was quiet by the tomb. What was happening in the tomb? While we were weeping and murmuring about what had happened, what was going on? Jesus said that unless a grain of wheat falls in the crown it dies, it will not bring new life. He himself had to die. There's a prayer that the deacon and the priest say when they're incensing in the holy table at the beginning of the divine liturgy. When your body was in the tomb, when your soul was in Hades, when you're in paradise with the thief, you are at the same time, O Christ, as God upon the throne, infinite and filling all things. When his body was in the tomb, his soul was in Hades. And yet, he was in paradise with the thief. Last night at the vigil liturgy was a liturgy of the event of the actual raising of our Lord from the dead. His rising from the dead. Last night is when we heard the gospel of the resurrection. Matins this morning, our festal matins, our paschal matins in this divine liturgy is a response to what just happened. First, a response of joy and then a theological reflection based on our gospel of John and the prologue. Who was this that just died and rose? This has to keep in mind when we're in the tomb. Who was this? And as he descended into Hades, he was looking for our parents. He was looking for Adam and Eve who he created. He was looking for the one he used to speak with in the garden before the fall. Imagine Adam and Eve when they heard the word of God in their midst. St. John Chrysostom says that Hades embraced a human but found God. Perhaps they were cowering. He went down in search for the lost sheep. He went down into the valley of tears. 
He went into the shadow of death. He was searching for what he had lost. He was looking for them. And when he finds them and they cower, he says, Look at my prince. I died for you and I will rise for you. I became your son. I became flesh so that I could die and come here and free you. I did not create you for this life. I created you for immortality. I created you for communion with me. Come, let us leave this place. Pope Leo the Great would say that by dying, Jesus submitted to the laws of the underworld, the laws of death. But by his rising, he abolished those laws. He would say that by his death, it ended the everlasting character of death and made death subject to time and not eternity. In other words, before this epic event of our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection, when you died, that was it. There was nothing at the other end. It was perpetual, what they say, shadowy non-existence in Sheol. No hope whatsoever of anything further. But because of this event, there was a time limit put on death. Yes, you and I will have to undergo death ourselves, but there is a time limit, and that limit is the second coming. No longer are we bound by a perpetual everlasting death, just a temporary falling asleep. And so with hands outstretched, he grabs Adam, he grabs Eve, he takes David, he takes Elijah and Moses and all of them and raises them up. And in that moment, the earth shook once again. The tomb was open. Hardened guards fell down like dead men when they experienced the presence of the angel. He takes Adam and Eve and says, I am not putting you back in paradise where you were driven out by the serpent. I'm going to take you to heaven, the heavenly kingdom that I have prepared for you. In a life that you are meant to have. And in that moment, in that shaking of the earth, the cosmos was changed. Because our humanity would be able to receive the grace with baptism 
well, to re, whether baptized or not, receive the grace of immortality. So when we die and that time period ends and Christ comes again, every single one of us throughout the ages, whether good or whether bad, will rise to new life. And we will have that incorruptibility that we once had. Instead of this garment of skin that you and I have, that the, the skin dies, the hair falls out, that will be gone. We will have an appearance different than what we had, even though we will have our bodies. But it will be transfigured. It will go through a metamorphosis. They didn't recognize Jesus when he rose from the dead. They weren't capable of seeing with eyes that are only used to seeing corruption. And they were looking upon incorruptibility. The guards fell down dead because when they see the angels, the angels are incorruptible. We are not used to seeing something like that. When our Lord was transfigured, they did not see, they fell down like dead men because they could not experience or understand the incorruptibility that they were looking at through the transfiguration with their corruptible eyes. This is the gift everybody is going to receive. And so we live a life without fear. Not even a fear of death because we know it's just a temporary falling asleep. And so we will say in the church, the fallen is sleepy, fell asleep in the Lord. Because it's just a time frame. What joy the apostles experienced when they met the risen Lord and they finally could accustom their eyes to Him. All creation was filled with joy. She was shuddering. We should be filled with such joy today. Because Christ is risen from the tomb, and my fear is gone. And because of that resurrection, I have a purpose and a place in life that awaits me. I know this is just temporary, and so I don't live for the world anymore. It's not important. Yes, I have to do my work and help and all these things, but it's not my goal. He showed me where my goal was when he raised Adam and Eve and took them into paradise with himself. That's where we're going. That's our gift. Should we live the life he's called us to? And so we have been given in the gospel of reading last night the great commission to baptize all nations. And to teach them everything. That's our job now. To make as many people possible capable of this new life He came to give us. This life in the heavenly kingdom. And we go out with joy and proclaim this good news. Not in sorrow, but in joy. Because it is truly good news. Death has been destroyed. There's nothing to fear any longer. Our life is in a heavenly kingdom. This is why we experienced it this morning. And we will experience the quake of the building, though with gentle, gentle quaking when you stomp. 
but it reflects the fervor that we are experiencing of Christ risen from the dead. He did it for each and every one of us. Adam and Eve chose to disobey, and because of that sin, death was brought into the world. And so Christ came, took on that flesh so that he could die. He went on the cross to forgive us the sins that had been committed and so that he could die. But because sin entered the world, so did death. He had to destroy death and he did that once for all. When he went into that tomb on the quiet night, down into Hades, looked and found Adam and Eve and raised them from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead, and by death he trampled death, and to those in the tombs he granted life. This is our motto. This is the banner we gather around as Christians. We are a people of the resurrection. Even our Eucharist reflects the resurrection in that we use risen bread, artos, because Christ is risen. And we are no longer held captive. Christ is risen. Christos vos crescet. Christos eneste.